Welcome back to Sons of Swoop, episode number 10. How we doing, Jeff? We're doing fabulous. Double-digit episode. Eagles put up 40 points, most all season. We're rolling, Joe. Yeah, double-digit episode, double-digit wins for the Eagles already at this point Ooh, in the year. Baby. And uh, you know what? This episode, for me, it's going to be a positive episode because I've noticed... There's a lot of kind of negativity or there's not as as much excitement as there should be about this Eagles team. They're 10 and freaking 1. Who else is 10 and 1? For, show me a team that's 10 and 1 right now, Joe, I, like, besides the Eagles. I think there's a few reasons why right now maybe the town's not on fire about this 10 and 1 team. Uh, partially, I'm going to blame the Philadelphia Phillies. I think we got so high off that playoff run. And it was so fun. And we got so excited. And then we lost in the World Series. And I think it drained a little bit of the excitement. And then you got the Sixers and Doc Rivers, who just has no accountability for himself or the team and how they play. And, you know, he just says they're scheduled losses here and there uh, this early in the season, I guess. And the Flyers are just awful right now. So I feel like there's some negativity. But I'm going to bring the positivity here because I. I'm pumped about this Philadelphia Eagles team. That's an interesting theory, Joe. Um, I might have to disagree with you a little bit. You know, this team started undefeated for a while. We weren't yeah. destroying teams by any means, but I think the key was earlier in the season, we were playing really good defense. Um, we were holding teams to under 17 points per game. Uh, you know, the front four was at least something in the beginning of the season. Now it just looks like. We don't have a good defense. Um, I think we have a good secondary. Hopefully Gardner Johnson's okay. Darius Slay, Bradbury, they, they've still been balling out. But the uh, the front four and the linebackers have really, really kind of fallen off. Yeah, listen, we're at the point in the season where we're 10-1. and one. We're kind of in that meaty part of the schedule where us as fans and probably the team a little bit, it's like we're getting ready for that playoff run and they're letting things slip. Injuries are starting to happen yep. to key players, and we're still winning, though. Like, we got to keep this in mind that as Eagles fans, as Philadelphia sports fans, being the best team in the league is not something we're used to. I think we should be a little bit more excited for it. I don't think they've been playing their best football, but they're still winning, which I think is really cool, and I'm excited about. Another thing that I think's changed is we won the Super Bowl in 2017. And I think our expectations and mindset has kind of shifted now. I think if this team was uh, having this season and we didn't win in 2017, I think the town would be a lot more excited. Now, all I hear people talking about, well, let's just see what happens in the playoffs. Let's be excited right now. We're winning games. Yeah, I mean, by no means is this 10-1 a fluky 10-1. But... At the same time, this 10-1, and one, we're not this all-dominant, world-beater-type team like we've seen in years past where there's been a clear number one team. There isn't this year, and that's fine. Um, I think that the Eagles are going to have a pretty fun run. So you want to get into the Packers game? Yeah, and, and I agree. I'm not saying that this Eagles team's like the best team ever. I'm just excited about winning, about winning. And I agree. And this year in the NFL, other than, let's say, the Chiefs, I don't think there really is like a quote-unquote top team. You have like that top tier of really good teams, and then you have a lot of crap. 
It's not like the era of the Drew Breeses and Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's in his prime and even Aaron Rodgers in his prime. It's kind of like a free-for-all this year, but the Eagles are at the top of it, and I think we got a really solid team. All right, let's get into the Packers game. Um, a really exciting game. Uh, I was kind of excited and then ripping my hair out like every five minutes, but you know, what do you think? Yeah, it was a wild ride. The Eagles finished 40 to 33, almost matching that Super Bowl yeah, score, which would have been pretty cool, but we'll, you know, save that, keep that score for the Super Bowl. But the key to the game, I mean, before, before I rip into the defense, let's talk about the offense first. I think we usually do it the other way around. Let's talk about the positives here. Yeah. The offense looked great. This was a Jalen Hurts statement game. He came out and he played like an MVP in primetime at home. I mean, the dude ran for 150 yards, Joe. 150 yards. He ran for 100 yards in the first quarter. In the first quarter. We were Uh, gashing them. I mean, this is is what I have wanted to see the Eagles do all year. I think at this point, having watched them play 11 games, I think our offensive line is the best in the league. But I think the real strength is their run blocking. I don't think they're as good as a pass blocking team. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I'll say this. Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata are actually liabilities in the pass blocking game. They have not been pass blocking well at all. But they're both gigantic men who are just going to crush you in the run blocking game. Yeah, so, and Mailata, he gets out there. Yeah. Um, Kelsey gets out there. Kelsey's running faster than the running backs. And Jalen Hurts at times and just... just Creating these huge gashes. I mean, Jalen Hurts ran for 150 yards. Miles Sanders ran for 140. And then, you know, I think we, as a team, we rushed for like 360, which I think is the most rushing yards in a game since like, I don't know, 50 something years, I think I heard. It, it was ridiculous. And that is what I want to see. Like, Jalen Hurts can throw the ball. He's going to have to throw the ball come playoff time. He's a very good passer. But I think the strength of this team primarily is the run game. So, all right, so this is what I, I have a couple points I want to make. I think that the strength of this team is that they can beat you in a lot of different ways. I think back to the Minnesota Vikings game, right? It depends what the defense is giving you. I thought Jalen Hurts passing that game, I think he had 330 yards uh, passing and a touchdown passing. He can beat you with his arm if the defense is going to give it up. But they have to make a choice here, right? We can run the ball down your throat, but... Jalen Hurts has been incredibly accurate this year. He's made great decisions this year. He hasn't turned the ball, turned over the ball, throwing it this year. Oh yeah, and we got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard when he's healthy. Oh yeah, Quez Watkins is pretty good too. And you have uh, Zach Pascal. I know they don't use him that much, but he's a guy that can make a player two when you need him. So it's really based off what the defense is giving you, and I think we can beat teams multiple ways. However. My gosh, with this offensive line and the amount of, of threats we have in the running game, yeah, I, I think that they should be running the ball for sure. Because th- that's just going to beat up and demoralize whatever defense you're playing. Oh, for sure. Especially when it's cold weather, you have the elements, it's windy at the link, you know, temperatures below freezing. I think running the football really is the formula. But more importantly, it's really the RPO. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, Jalen deciding whether he wants to. He wants to run, whether he wants to give it to Sanders or whether he wants to throw. And it's been most effective when we had Dallas Goddard, who um, hopefully he'll be back soon because, I mean, A.J. Brown's a great receiver, but I think uh, Goddard's really our most important pass catcher. And, and by the way, Jalen Hurts makes the RPO work. so I, I Better than anyone I've ever I, seen. The people right now that I see on Twitter, and I see it all over, he's a running back, he's not really a quarterback. 
I don't think they understand. Like they clearly are just trolls, and they haven't watched the game. But to run that RPO offense effectively, you have to make amazing decisions. You have to be an incredibly accurate passer. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So yeah, he can run. By the way, running the ball. I mean, uh, on that first big run that was like 40 yards, if you saw the overhead view, he juked not one, not two, but three Packers defenders out of their shoes. They were Their ankles were broken. Uh, he is such a great runner. And really, out of his... Uh, how many runs did he have? He had over 10 runs. He yeah, had, he had 17 carries. I think a couple of them were uh, kneel downs. But whatever, let's say 15 real carries. I heard people talking about, oh, he got hit. He got hit a couple times. But every quarterback gets hit. Unless you're Eli Manning and you just fall down before the pressure gets to you. you know, like even, even pocket passers, they get hit pretty hard. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He's a pocket passer. He got like knocked out of the game. You know, every it's football. You're going to get hit. And if Jalen Hurts plays 10 years in the NFL instead of 12 years in the NFL, but he wins us a Super Bowl and, and becomes a legend in Philadelphia, so be it. Like, yeah. I'm tired of hearing that. It's football. He's a football player, and he's a smart football player. Yeah, I mean, Jalen has been smart throughout his career about not taking big hits, and I think that's what we've seen for the most part. I mean, sure, he's going to get popped here and there a few times, but it, it's football. You know, Jalen Hurts is so good at, at using his legs that you can't not utilize it. It's just it's just too important to the offense. Um, and, and one thing I wanted to say, because we were talking about the RPO, a lot of people think that that game-winning touchdown, that beautiful run he had against the Colts was a design QB draw. It wasn't. Jalen Hurts made the correct read. He saw the middle of the field just spread out for him so he could just take that run straight up the middle. It wasn't a design run. That's Jalen Hurts making the correct read. Um, so running the ball has been fantastic. Kenneth Gainwell had 40 yards. I mean, that's a decent – I mean, he only gets Kenneth Gainwell. If he has 40 yards, that's that's great. And Boston Scott had 25 yards. So it was really just a, just an incredible performance by the offense. Well, I want to talk about Miles Sanders because I've heard a lot this year. I was on Reddit a little bit with Eagles fans asking them, like, what would you add to this team if you could? And a lot of people said they wanted a big – bruising running back and like I mean would that be nice because our backup running backs haven't been particularly great this year like you just said sure but I think we're underrating Miles Sanders a bit I mean I was talking to people and they weren't they said eh, Miles Sanders is not really that good now listen the offensive line and the design of the offense certainly makes it really easy for a running back but this is a guy who's on pace for I think 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns at 5 yards per carry. I mean, how much more can you want out of a running back? Is he perfect? No. Uh, he's not perfect. He doesn't get a lot of yards after contact. Um, he, he doesn't. He's in the bottom third of the league in that stat. Now, the interesting thing, I looked this up. I'm actually not surprised by this. But he, compared to the other, t- he, right now he's top five in, in rushing yards. Compared to the other top five rushers, Guys like Nick Chubb, who you think of really primarily as a runner, Sanders by far has the least amount of receiving yards. He only has like 50 receiving yards in the year. Yeah, it seems like in years past we would try to have him as a bigger role in the passing offense, but I know he used he used to drop the ball. Um, yeah. He, I mean, hasn't had enough targets this year to really um, showcase anything, but you know he's been solid when they've gone to him. Um, but yeah, Miles Sanders, I mean, I think Eagles fans have always known that the talent was there. 
it's just been a mix of just fluke things. Like last year, he didn't have a touchdown, which was just weird. And just injuries, too. And this year is really the year he's been able to put it all together on the field. This offense suits him perfectly. And, you know, I've expressed my frustrations at times with Sirianni not running the ball enough. I think that's also a factor when you look at his stats. You know, statistically, he's not always there. But in my eyes, I think he's a top 10 running back at this point. Oh, he's definitely top 10. I think he's he's top five right now in... in most statistical categories. I would try to get him the ball more in the passing game. I know he's dropped the ball before, but he's the kind of shifty running back that I think is really good in open space. Plus, our wide receiver screens are terrible, and we do them over and over again for some reason. Get it to Miles Sanders. Uh, our tight end screens are great. Uh, I, I, well, I want to look up what Miles Sanders' carries are compared to everybody else because I think he's probably up there. I mean, we run the ball quite a bit compared to other teams in the league. In fact, I was looking up Jalen Hurts' pass attempts. He's actually 18th in the league in pass attempts. Really? Yeah, so we definitely... I mean, I think we run the ball. I think there's times... It just feels like we should be doing it more. I think there's situations where we get in at points in a game where Sirianni gets pass happy, but I don't think overall, as far as the season goes... Uh, we are as pass happy. Sanders is tied for seventh right now in rushing attempts in the entire league. Um, but I agree with you. I think there's times within a game where we get a little pass happy. And it's, you know, the last few weeks it's been accentuated by kind of just sloppy play, mainly from the receivers. I mean, how many turnovers in the last few weeks are because of the re- receivers specifically? You know, I hate to put the guy down, but A.J. Brown has not played well the last few games. No, I mean, with that said, I don't think any of us are worried about A.J. Brown. No, Um, not in the long run. No, not at all. I I mean, I think he's going to be ready come playoff time. He seems to be able to do it all, Um, even though he's had a rough stretch these last, you know, two or three weeks or so. I don't think that's cause for concern. No, he was sick last week. But hold on to the ball, okay? He fumbled well, twice. The, the league's on note. I mean, you yeah. see it when he's running after the catch. He has the ball kind of out, like a like on his wing or something, like on the side. And like the league's on note that he does that. And he's been fumbling, which he's got to he's got to tighten that up. Well, I'm going to put him responsible for three turnovers in the last what three or four games. The one interception to Jalen Hurts. I mean, it was in his hands. I, the defender made a good play, but maybe knocked the ball down or something. Quez Watkins had a fumble. Dallas Goddard had a quote-unquote fumble. So we're starting to see, you know, the law of averages. The offense is finally turning over the ball. But it's not like Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts has fumbled a couple times. That's something that he has, like, kind of faltered in the last couple weeks. I, th- I think his uh, pocket presence has not been quite as good. He's taken a couple really bad sacks when he, he really shouldn't where he should throw the ball away. So his pocket presence hasn't been quite as good. But as far as his accuracy and throwing passes that really the defense can't intercept, I mean, how many passes this year do we say, wow, that really should have been an interception? I mean, there was like one against the Cardinals that was dropped. I can't really name too many others. And again, the two out of three that he had, you could kind of put more on the wide receiver. I mean, the Kenny Gamewell one, was completely on Kenny Gamewell. Nobody was around him. The ball was in his hands. He popped it up. Um, and then the other interception he had was against the Jaguars in a hurricane. So I, you got to be really impressed with how Hurts takes care of the ball. Absolutely. I mean, he's. we've been saying it for weeks. We've been Jalen Hurts fans from the beginning. He's the guy. He's and him. He's the guy 
And I think last year with every game, at least for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, I was waiting to see. I mean, I like Jalen Hurts, but every game I was like, well, let's see if he can kind of cement himself as the franchise guy. And then he'd have a good game, and he'd have a bad game, and he'd kind of go back and forth. It hasn't been this that way this year. Like, this year, in my mind, he's the franchise guy. Like, I'm not thinking, oh, if he has a bad game, he's going to lose his job. Like, he's that, the guy. Yeah, those were the talks last year, and I thought it was kind of bogus. But, you know, this was the season for him to prove himself, and um, whether or not he's going to be the franchise quarterback in Philadelphia and I think without question he has proven that he is um can I do he, one more talk one more talking point yeah just I just want to say yeah. one more thing even the way he carries himself off the field yes. you can tell the guy is just a leader the locker room loves him I mean you see guys like Zach Wilson I mean what an absolute bum takes absolutely no responsibility after he puts up three points in a football game and it costs him his job I mean he's a lousy quarterback and he doesn't take any responsibility. Jalen Hurts, I mean, he hasn't had a horrible game yet, but even the things that aren't his fault, he, he takes responsibility, and that's what you want to see in a quarterback. That's the perfect segue to what I was just going to say because I keep hearing people, uh, I guess trolls on the internet, compare him to Kyler Murray. Oh, he's just like Kyler Murray because last year the Cardinals got up out to this really hot start, and then they really fumbled it down, down the stretch. But Kyler Murray, I mean, everywhere, when there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, how many times... Have we heard? I think Patrick Peterson just came out and said Kyler Murray, you know, only really cares about Kyler Murray. So uh, he plays video games. They have to put in his contract. He's got to study. Jalen Hurts, not only do you not have to, like, really motivate, like, not only do you have to not worry about that, like, he literally is the opposite. He is working his butt off. Um, You don't even have to motivate him. It's like the exact opposite. So people take that for granted. I don't know why. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's fantasy football. But we're losing the point of like, yeah, leadership and character and drive. That means something. It does. I mean, it's not just raw talent. No, it's not. I mean, this goes all the way back to college for Jalen Hurts and just the kind of man that he is. I mean, he was the starting quarterback. He's a man. He is a man. He was a starting quarterback. Kyle Murray's a boy. Playing video games. He is. He loves his Call of Duty. But Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback of Alabama. And Tua took over and uh, took his job. And in the SEC championship game against Georgia, um, Tua went down. And, you know, Jalen was always very supportive of Tua, um, you know, being the quarterback of the team. But when Tua went down and um, Jalen Hurts had to step up and he won them the game. I mean, that's just the kind of guy Jalen Hurts is. He's a a team-oriented guy. Yeah. Um, And he's not going to let, you know, him not playing, him playing poorly affect, you know, trying to win the game or, or being there for his team. And I, I think, um, you know, Tua kind of has those same traits. And even Lamar Jackson, I've been hearing, oh, well, Lamar Jackson has proven a running quarterback can't win a Super Bowl. I'm like, Lamar Jackson's still, like, super young. Like, we, his story's not done either. I, I like Lamar Jackson still, too. I mean, the Ravens are having their problems. I'm not trying to say that. But, you know, the people that are saying, well, running quarterbacks – I mean, there's another agenda there, that quote-unquote running quarterbacks. I mean, when you look at the history of the NFL, how many dual-threat quarterbacks are there compared to your typical pocket passers? So the ratio there is completely off. And uh, out of all, like all history in the NFL, those quote-unquote running quarterbacks, how many of them had a coach that kind of tailored an offense toward them? That's only happened within the last, really, five, six, seven years. Kind of starting with Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go back to Randall Cunningham. I mean, we weren't around then, but, 
you know, I remember the stories from my dad's, you know, well, they tried to make him a pocket quarterback and he broke his leg, you know, and he hated it. He didn't want to be a pocket quarterback. So let's stop with the pot. We know the alternate agenda there, you know, and there's a little bit of uh, prejudice. And I'm going to throw that out the window. Like Jalen Hurts is as good as any quarterback right now. I mean, to me, Jalen Hurts is just, you know, with his legs, it's just an additional benefit to the the great passer that he already is. I mean, why would you why would you be against something like well, that we, when, we, when he can use his legs and he's also if he wants to sit in the pocket. I mean, look, we did the Vikings, look, we did the Steelers. He torched them through the air. Well, I mean, it, he's absolutely capable of doing that. Just that you know these these holes are there, and he's gonna he's gonna take twenty yards if he has to. Well, you know, we don't hear this about Josh Allen running. So that's all I'll say about that. Like, you don't hear anything about him running. And he runs a lot. Um, I know he's got a strong arm, but whatever. Anyway. Let's get into the defense. Let's get into the defense. Because I'm not pleased. No, I'm not pleased either. I'm not pleased either at all. I'll start with a few positives. I mean, because there's very few to take away from this game after giving up 33 to a Packers team that's pretty much dead. I mean, after they lost to Tennessee the week before, I mean... Playoff pictures, not looking promising. So this is a team that really doesn't have much to play for other than pride. doesn't really seem like Aaron Rodgers has been all there this season. I mean, with that said, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's he's tough to to play, and he's tough to get turnovers off of. And we got two interceptions. Uh, Josiah Scott had one, and uh, (laughs) Blankenship had a great interception on the other coming into the game. He, He played pretty well. But, you know, other than those two interceptions... I mean, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I'm so conflicted with this Jonathan Gannon defense. Part of me absolutely hates it. Absolutely hates it. The other part of me probably says, as an Eagles fan, I might be be, I might be a little too critical on the defensive coordinator. It is a new NFL. It is a passing league. Things are tilted towards the offense. And the defense overall, statistically, has obviously been good enough to get us to 10 wins. But if we look at the good parts of it, Jonathan Gannon, and it's really a Vic Fangio defense. And you've kind of seen this with all the Vic Fangio defenses like Brandon Staley uh, and Jonathan Gannon. They get a lot of interceptions. There's clearly, in that cover four, the deception and manipulation of the safeties, which gets a lot of interceptions. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson had six inter- interceptions. Um, Josiah Scott's got an interception. Reed Blankenship's getting interceptions. Slay's got an interception. Like, everybody's getting interceptions. So that part of it, I don't think we'd be 10-1 and one if the defense didn't get so many turnovers. So i got to give him credit there. Sure. I mean, we have the best turnover differential in the NFL, and that's it's both sides of the ball. It's the offense being very careful and um, not making stupid plays, and it's also the defense creating those turnovers. Um, But, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. Some of these turnovers, you know, once it comes playoff time, they might not happen. They might not be there. So then it's really, it's going to be tough because those turnovers that you were having earlier in the season, all of a sudden they turn into three points or seven points. Because when I watched the Eagles defense, I mean, the other team's they're marching down the field. Right, there, so, there's yeah. really very little resistance. And it's towards the it's, it's inside the 20, inside the red zone, where we're creating a lot of these turnovers. But 
you know, with the way the run defense has been playing, it's going to get cold in January, and there's a lot of good running football teams in the NFC that we're going to play. I don't know. It's it's a little concerning. I know we haven't had Jordan Davis for the past few weeks, and I think that's been a problem. But I mean, yeah, and this I mean, come on. And this is where I'm going to totally agree with you. And this is where my part of being critical comes in. And I think last year was one thing. We didn't have a lot of talent on the defense last year. We have a lot of talent on the defense this year. I mean, do we have a Miles Garrett or a Nick Boza or, you know, what a prime Khalil Mack or TJ Watt? No. But think about all of the good defensive. I mean, we have a lot of really, really good players. I mean, Javon Hargrave's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Hassan Reddick, Josh Wett, even Fletcher Cox, I thought, played great against Green Bay. I thought that was his yeah, best sack, game. In, yeah. I, I thought that was his best game in the last, like, three years. Um, and then you add Sue and Joseph. Uh, Robert Quinn hasn't done anything. But whatever, you have Quinn. You got a lot of talent up front. Uh, TJ Edwards, I think, is playing well. I don't know if you take any stock in this, but Pro Football Focus has him rated as the number three linebacker in the entire well, league. Well, that, that can't be right. The <laughs> number three. Yeah, that, that, there's uh, something I, wrong with that formula. I, I, I think TJ Edwards has been playing well. I think when you look at the way the scheme works, it's very hard for linebackers, uh, specifically because we ha- at most have two linebackers on the field. And I'm talking about like stack linebackers, not like Hassan Reddick, who's an edge linebacker. Uh, at most, we have two on the field. And a lot of times, Edwards is just on the field by himself. So a lot has to do with um, the gaps on the defensive line. But yeah, I have a real problem with the way Gen's philosophy works. I mean, I like a little bit more of an aggressive philosophy. Uh, I like getting after the quarterback, and I completely agree with you. That's been my theory kind of all season long. If you take away the turnovers, which, I mean, let's be honest, we have not played a lot of great quarterbacks, partially because there's just not a lot of great quarterbacks this year. But, you know, when you get to the Super Bowl and you might be playing Pat Mahomes, I don't think he's going to turn the ball over two times, maybe once. Um, and let's say he throws a pass right to, I don't know, Darius Slay, and Darius Slay drops it. Well, now you might be in trouble, because if you look at the stats, we're not a particularly great pass rush team. Some people think we are, because we're third or fourth in the league in, in sacks, but you got to remember, we had nine sacks against Carson Wentz, <laughs> which, you know, if you... You could have sacked him, Joe. I, listen, yeah, we're, we're looking at consistency. Sacks are a weird stat, because if you have one great game or two great games, it makes you look really good. But I'm looking for consistency, getting after... That, I was always taught, was the number one point of defense, getting after the quarterback. And when you look at our hurry percentage and our quarterback knockdown percentage, we're in the bottom half of the league. So we're really not a consistently great pass rush team. We're pretty mediocre, which is annoying because we have a lot of talent. So that's annoying. And then the last stat I'll bring up, uh, what did I say? We're bottom... Uh, seven in the league in tackles. We have missed, uh, we're one of the worst tackling teams in the entire league. So you mix in mediocre pass rush and a terrible tackling team, and that's what makes me worried. No, I I think that's valid. I mean, I prefer the Jim Johnson go-after-the-quarterback-style defense um, I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of the Gannon scheme. I mean, although we're 10-1 and one right now, I just don't know how that's going to hold up come playoff time. I mean, I'm not looking at any stats here. This is just me watching football for 20-something years. But I can't really remember a, 
an NFL team winning the Super Bowl with that kind of passive defense where you're just letting the other team kind of move the ball down the field. To me, the Super Bowl winning teams, the teams that go far into the playoffs, they have an aggressive type of defense. Either that or they have this powerhouse offense and, you know, the defense is is whatever, but um, you don't remember the 2017 Eagles where, we'll where we let up like 500 yards see, and we, Tom Brady had his best game we, ever? We did. We gave up a ton of yards, a ton of points in that game. But for most of the season, we were kind of the reverse defense we are now. I mean, Jim Johnson wasn't the most – I mean, not Jim Jim Swartz wasn't <laughs> the most aggressive guy. But we did have a good front four. We were able to get pressure on the quarterback by sending just four. I mean, a lot of those guys have stuck around and are still on this team, but at this point in their career, they're kind of washed up. Um, so I would like to see more blitzes by Gannon, but I just don't, you know, 11 games in, I don't think he's changing his scheme at this point, and that's why I'm a little worried. Yeah, no, I'm worried, and I, I don't know if it is... Because, because to me, I'd rather have a solid front four that can go after the... The, the quarterback, then a solid secondary. I think that's what we had this year. It was, it's kind of the reverse of the Super Bowl team. We had a horrible secondary and, and a really good front four. And it's kind it, of the reverse this year. It was a very, very different scheme. Uh, I think a big problem with Jonathan Gannon, you see it, you've seen it the last couple of weeks on like the first drive is they're not calling the right plays on rundowns. He's eventually adjusting, but we're kind of getting gashed. In the on rundowns because he's going into the nickel and we're taking an extra linebacker off the field and putting in a cornerback. He's making some schematic mistakes. And my problem with Jonathan Gannon is more um, he messes up in certain situations. And I agree with you. I understand not blitzing a lot. Jim Schwartz never blitzed, by the way. Like yeah. he, he never blitzed. So I get the idea of, okay, if you don't blitz, you have an extra guy in the back. Okay, that makes sense to me. But it's about situations making timely blitzes, you know, like on third down, not having, you know, going into the, sh- the shell and not sending anybody. And he rarely even gives a look like, although maybe, he maybe we'll blitz. It's never, it's well, he never does it with Reddick and then he has Reddick drop back, but I don't want Reddick dropping back into coverage. Like maybe bring a safety up and then drop him back. But um, yeah, I, it's, it seems like, there's some holes in his in his defense, in a very talented defense. Now, here's a problem, though. I think safety play is really important in this scheme, especially in stopping the run. Epps has not been quite as good the last couple weeks, especially in coverage. Uh, and now you got Gardner-Johnson hurt. Now, Blankenship had a great game, but now teams are going to game plan against it. Sure, yeah, we can't expect Blankenship to have an interception and play the way he did. Although he's a hard hitter. He might be the hardest t- I mean, he... Can really lay the he, wood. He had a great play where he he I think he had a sack or not a tackle for loss or he stopped a, a pretty solid run when it looked like something was there for the Packers, but um yeah I mean I think the defense they they got to tighten it up because there's a lot of teams in the NFC that run the ball pretty well you know one of them rival Cowboys they run the ball very well uh, the 49ers the other team that's going to be a pass and you know the 49ers that they have. They're like the opposite of us. They don't really have the best secondary, but they they have a great defense because their front four is ridiculous. They have Bosa and Fred Warner, and those guys are just wreaking havoc. So, you know, those two teams kind of worry me. I'm not really worried about the fight. We'll get into around the league later, but 
Um, just looking at the NFC playoff picture, I think it's us, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Oh, well, there's one more thing we got to talk about in this particular oh, game. Let's, let's get well, into it. Because this is the other this part. This was egregious. But this is the other part, and I'm hearing this from fans as well. Uh, first of all, I think the, uh, another problem with our defense is we're not uh, we're just not good in the red zone. Like, if the team gets in the red zone, we don't get an interception. They're scoring a touchdown, like, first or second down. So that's a problem where we can't let the defense off the hook. I think in the red zone, they, uh, Green Bay was three for four. They got three touchdowns, and we stopped them once, and they got a field goal. So freaking terrible. And then obviously at the end of the game when we could have put it away, Christian Watson gets a 60-yard touchdown on a totally broken play where we had Marcus Epps on Christian Watson who runs a 4-3-40, who's the fastest guy on the field. That made no sense. But the, a lot of people are saying the reason the defense let up a lot of points is because we were always in terrible field position because of special teams. Now, I know you've been a big advocate of Michael Clay, <laughs> and I know you said it's not his fault, Jeff. I didn't say that. I know you love him, but I think it might be time that, you know, Sirianni gets a little more hands-on with the special teams. Joe, that game Sunday night was the worst I've ever seen a special teams play in my entire life. I mean, the, the Packers were starting at the 40-yard line every single time or beyond. It was that coverage. What is going on? Well, that, was, yeah. that was horrific. Yeah, so, so well, here's, here's the problem, right? In today's NFL, I would say 90% of the time, if the kicker kicks the ball into the end zone, the kick returner just takes a knee, and they get it at the 25 because that's pretty good. Green Bay obviously watched a little bit of tape and said, I don't care if they kick it seven yards deep in the end zone. We're going to run. And they did it three times. Uh, And to me, you know, special teams on every team, the talent is probably about the same, right? They're all backups. I mean, sure, some teams are a little bit more talented than others, but it's coaching. It's clearly coaching, especially on coverages. Like, freaking... Run down the field and tackle your guy. Like, it's not that complicated. No. and It's mostly coaching. For how sure. are they not down there? He caught the ball seven yards in the end zone. How is there not ten guys down there? And they're not down there. And they're getting blocked out of their shoes, Jeff. We, we lost our Chris Maragoses and our J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, our second-round receiver. Brian Brayman. Brian Brayman. I mean, yeah. That I mean, was a beast. I mean, yeah, we just – Yeah, the, but – The scheme's terrible. I mean, most of the special teams guys, they're, they're – they're just, you know, they're, well, what they're about, backups. They're what practice about, squad guys. What about Sean Bradley, Temple Owl? He was supposed to be great. What about Kobe Dean? What the heck is he doing? He was supposed to, everybody thought he was going to be a starter. You know, Zach McPherson was special teams player of the week uh, at the beginning of the season. He's been pretty good. Uh, I mean, every special teams is filled with backups. Now, obviously, that Chip Kelly team, you know, he loves special teams. That was probably the one good thing he did was just stack the special teams. And I know he, as a head coach, spent time uh, practicing more with special teams than any team in the league. So I'm going to put this... A it's little- important, Joe. Well, I'm putting it on Sirianni. Put it on Sirianni? Well, I mean, listen, he's the coach. He hired Clay. He could have gotten rid of Clay last year. It's his second year here. You know what? Nick Sirianni, I love you. And I think you're actually doing a really good job. But, dude, this is a glaring problem. And it's been a glaring problem for two seasons now. Do something about it. It's, it's Do not, something. It's not just the coverage either. We are not getting good field position ever. No, we're not we, getting... we don't have anyone who can return the football and move it down the field. I mean, 
I know we still have a few weeks to, until the playoffs get here, but Devontae Smith has to be back there. We have to have someone that can do something. Well, part, yeah, part of that. Now, the return game. You might as well not even put anyone back there. I mean. Yeah, the return game's certainly talent. Like, I'm not going to kill Michael Clay for the fact that Britton Covey shouldn't be on an a NFL team. team. He shouldn't even. I think the USFL's starting up pretty soon. Well, he shouldn't even be on the US. I mean, he's just, uh, you know. I don't know how he played in college. He looks like a high school player. But no offense, Brayton Covey. I'm sure you're a great guy, but you're just not good enough. I hate to say it. And he's had plenty of opportunities. I mean, yeah, he and returns he's just, like three yeah. punts a game and nothing. He's just he's just not good enough. But again, scheme something. Have some better blocking. I don't know. It seems like he doesn't even really have much space anyway. But uh, special teams, a huge problem. It's every single week. I mean, if you listen to uh, the other nine podcasts, every podcast we're saying special teams is a problem. So, uh, and they're, ne- they're I mean, I can't remember a good play that they, they've had. No. There, there's. I mean, I guess we just took for granted having, like, Deshaun Jackson back there who used to be able to make a play, or Darren Sproles, who was even a better punt returner because he was just so consistent and solid, would never go backwards. He would get at least, you know, eight yards every time he was returning the ball. But... Yeah, playoff time, maybe put Devontae Smith You back. gotta. Because, you know, listen, injuries can happen, whatever. It's uh, the playoffs. You, it, pl- you play it, to win. Yeah. And, I, and, and Devontae Smith returning punts gives us our best chance. Yeah, I'd put I'd put Devontae back there. But, uh, yeah, special teams. I mean, that certainly hurts the defense for sure. I mean, that hurts everything. So, uh, anyway, I think that's the state of the team. I still think that they're the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, listen, the Chiefs are right there. If you want to say the Chiefs are the best team, I'm not going to argue with you. You know, I have people like Johnny Mo Money that are just, like, they want to argue with me. I think he's a Chiefs fan. I loves Patrick like just all like Patrick Mahomes great like but like Jalen Hurts our quarterback maybe uh, give him some support. For oh, well, I think people aren't used to the, like the not they're used to hot takes and I'm not going to stand here and just be a hot take person. The Chiefs are a great team. Pat Mahomes is he might go down as the best quarterback ever. I mean I don't know he's unbelievable. Uh, if not the best, I mean it's going to be hard to beat Brady because he's got seven Super Bowls, but he could certainly go down as one of the best of all time. Travis Kelsey is the second-best Kelsey brother, but he's awesome. <laughs> Andy Reid is, you know, we love Andy Reid. Second-best coach ever. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not gonna complain about that. And if you want to say the Bills are better, I mean, they're not playing that well, but again, whatever. It, listen, the Eagles, the Bills, the Chiefs, those are probably the top three teams. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right. If you want to argue that, go ahead. I'm not going to, like... I'm not going to decide... I'm not going to dig my heels. And if you want to say Pat Mahomes is the MVP and not Jalen Hurts... Okay, you got a re- great argument. Pat Mahomes having a freaking ridiculous season without uh, Tyree Kill, so yeah. good for him. He probably right now will win it. Yeah, he's the favorite to win it right now. Yeah, cool. Um, and by the way, like just because we said Jalen Hurts was the favorite four weeks ago, when in our opinion he was the favorite when he was undefeated, and now things have changed. That you know that's the NFL. Okay, right now he's in my opinion probably second. I yeah. don't think I, I I don't think anybody would leapfrog him. I know some people are saying Tua. I mean, Tua's been playing great, but he's missed a few games. So Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Jalen Hurts can still win it. There's still plenty of season left. Sure. He's, he's still my MVP. I love the way he played Sunday night. Well, and, and let's say this. He plays winning football. Uh, this is not fantasy football, folks. I really don't care how many passing yards he's he gets. He's a great fantasy player. He does, he's a great fantasy player, uh, which is kind of the irony here. But I, oh, he only had 100. Listen, he is efficient. He's throwing for 67% completion. 
which is awesome. He, I mean, two years ago, he was throwing for 52%. So he's 67%. He's got the third best uh, TD to int ratio in the league, which to me is one of the most important stats. But he's also third in the league, uh, third or fourth in the league in y- uh, yards per catch. So he's throwing the ball down the field. He's making explosive plays. Oh, yeah, he's also, you know, has eight rushing touchdowns. He's running all over people. I mean, it's not all about passing yards. Like, people just look at passing yards and say, oh, it's only, it's only passing yards. It's a different game now. I mean, Tom Brady's up there in passing yards right now, and I don't think anyone would say he's having a very James good season. Jameis Winston had a lot of yeah, passing James yards and a lot of touchdowns, too. You gotta watch the freaking game! <laughs> and, like, like, again, I'm looking for a guy who's efficient, who takes care of the football, but it still makes those explosive plays. If that's not Jalen Hurts, I don't know what is. Then add on top of the fact that he is a leader and he keeps this team focused and ready to go. And that Colts game... If you saw him on the sideline, he wasn't throwing his helmet around screaming at people like crybaby Tom Brady, cheater, but uh, he was calm the whole time. And I think when you look at guys like Nick Foles, like Joe Flacco, I'll even throw Eli Manning in there, guys that probably aren't the Pete Mannings and, and Tom Brady's of the world. I mean, Eli Manning was a pretty good quarterback, but they their best ability was to stay calm. And I'll, I'll go to my deathbed saying that's why they won Super Bowls. It's because they could stay calm. They didn't let the moment get too big. I hate saying nice things about Eli Manning, by the way. But, eh, you know, he won two Super it's Bowls. water under the bridge now. He's, he's kind of fun on the, uh, the Manning uh, Monday Night Football stuff. Never watched it, but <laughs> sure. Probably. All right, let's do uh, our swoop superlatives. MVP, LVP. I'll let you go first, Joe. Who's your MVP of the game? MVP of the – oh. Uh, I don't like going the obvious. I mean, I'd love to go Jalen Hurts, but I'm going to go uh, Jason Kelsey. Mm. I mean, Jason Kelsey, who I think got the – I was listening to his podcast, him and, and Travis's podcast, awesome podcast, really good stuff. But he got the game ball from uh, Sirianni, or he got one of the game balls. So I'm going to give it to him. I mean, that dude, you talk about 366 rushing yards. He's all over the place. At age 35, he looks like he is a spring chicken. So <laughs> I got to give it to uh, Jason Kelsey. Good pick. Good pick. I'm just going to go the obvious. Someone has to go Jalen yeah, Hurts because he was ridiculous in that game. He, he did everything he asked. 40 points for the offense. MVP. Nice. All right. LVP. You want me to go first again? Yeah, go ahead. The LVP, oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Um, We didn't talk about, by the way, just speaking of LVP, I can't give the LVP to this, but how about not getting the QB sneak two times in a row? Oh, yeah. How do we not talk about that? That That was been automatic all year. And Yeah, but they were, it was such a weird play. Like the first one on third down. He had Quez Watkins in the backfield behind Hertz. Now, he normally has Goddard there, and Goddard just pushes Hertz, and it works every time. On that play, Quez Watkins, who I like Quez Watkins. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus or anything, but why do you have like a 160-pound guy back there? Don't you want a big guy pushing Hertz? Quez Watkins stood there, didn't push Hertz across the line, and allowed uh, Kingsley and Igbari, the, rook, the rookie defensive end, to come in and, and drag Hurts down. He didn't block his guy. He just stood there the whole time. We would have gotten the first down. And I will say this. If we would have got the first down there, this game would have been an absolute blowout. It wouldn't have even been close. So that was annoying. And then the second one, it looked like they just weren't ready and they kind of fumbled the yeah, snap. It was Very strange because we're that's usually automatic. 
So I'll give my LVP to those two QB sneaks. Those two QB sneaks, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going special teams because that was... Just all special teams? Just the, the special teams. The special and teams unit. Ex- except for Jake Elliott. Um, I guess Hipos has been playing well, too. So. Well, he missed an extra point, though. I mean, he obviously yeah. came up big, but even he missed an extra point. He did. Um, but Jake's still my man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the coverage in the in the return game is just, just horrific. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. Can't say enough bad things about it, especially Sunday night. So, LVP. You know who would have made that extra point? Dicker the kicker would have made that extra point. Stop it. We, we have Dicker the, the kicker. We have the right kicker. He's a two-time de- two special teams player of the week for two different teams in one season. Two different that's options. crazy. Two different That's He's got two. That's cool. He's the only kicker with, I, now this was a couple weeks ago, but at the time he was the only kicker with two you know, game-winning field goals, which is pretty cool, oh, I guess. Really? I think that was the thing. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's what I heard at the time. So Dicker the kicker. Hey, we'll always appreciate what he did for us. Yeah. I'm a fan. Maybe we should have kept two kickers on the roster at the same time. I know you're playing. Anyway. Um, uh, around the league. So, yeah, where do you want to start? I mean, uh, we're, we're coming into more of a focus on what teams we need to look at. Like, there was a long period in this season where everybody, except, like, the Eagles and the Vikings in the NFC, were just in the middle. Like, it was a mush. It was a mush in the middle. <laughs> and now teams are starting to separate a little bit. They are. So, I mean, I guess we'll go back to last week, the Thanksgiving games. The Giants and Cowboys played division rivals. We got we got both of them up on the schedule soon. And the Cowboys, they only won by eight, but they, they pretty much handled them. I think the Giants got a garbage uh, last-second touchdown. Yeah. The Cowboys looked impressive. Uh, both sides of the ball defensively. Uh, the run game looked good. Listen, I don't. I don't think. I think Dak Prescott's a good guy to put up fantasy numbers and stats. I don't think come playoff time he's the guy. But everyone else on that team, I, I'm. I'm a little afraid. I'm not. I'm not afraid, but I. I, I think they're damn good. Oh yeah, and listen, I hate Cowboy fans. I mean, they people think Eagles fans are obnoxious. Cowboys fans who are not even from Dallas are the most obnoxious. Like fake smart fan, they think they're so smart, and what they say is so stupid, and it's infuriating. And you know they, you know I I had to tell one of the Cowboys fans because they said, "Oh, you have a statue of Nick Foles," like as as if that's an insult to the Eagles Eagles fans. I said, "Nick Foles has more playoff wins than the Cowboys had in the last twenty five (laughs) years." So shut your mouth, Cowboy fans. But uh, I will say this: the Cowboys. I think are the second best team in the NFC. They got a damn good defense. Um, I hear Eagles fans like arguing, "Well, AJ Brown's a lot better than CD Lamb." They're both great wide receivers. CD Lamb's yeah, great. It's a draw. Yeah, they're, I mean, I'm not again. I don't want to be a hot take guy. I also don't want to be a total homer. Cowboys are a really good team, but I think they're two big issues. Uh, the head coach, I think, he is prone play. to make big mistakes, and I think Dak. Um, I think he's regressed. Like I think at one point he was really good, and Eagles fans were underrating him, which is understandable. We're Eagles fans, but I think he's not playing that great. Um, and he's turning the ball over. He's got twice as many interceptions as Hurts in like half the games. So I mean, listen, the head coach and quarterback. I was taught that's what typically wins football games. So great defense, obviously a great running game, really good wide receiver. Dalton Schultz is back. We didn't play him. You know that Christmas Eve game. Is, is going to be a big game. Oh, it's going to be Dallas. huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping by that point we'll have we'll still have a few games up on them. But 
yeah, Dallas is really good. And, and, I think, and you're right. We, we haven't beat at quarterback. We haven't beat at head coach. They have a much better defense than we do. The weapons are about even. So if you, you know, head coach and quarterback, probably the two most important things. Give, give, give the advantage to the Eagles. Yeah, but, you know, football is one game. It's one Anything can happen. Right. Now, I think the Giants are who we thought they were. They're oh, finally... We were saying it all yeah. year that they're frauds, and now they're 7-4. and four, They're spiraling, and with the Commanders coming up, the Command- Giants might get booted from the playoffs. Well, I mean, I, I mean yeah. it was kind of fluky all year. I mean, Dayball, he's been great working yeah. with the with the players great that he coaching has. Staff. Great yeah, great coaching, coaching staff because this is not a talented team, especially offensively. I mean, say what you want about Daniel Jones. I don't think he's very good, but he has no one. Yeah. And it's really amazing that they're seven and four right now, but you're starting to see them uh regress to the mean. Yeah. He's got absolute like by far the worst receiving core in the league, I, I would think. Um and then they got robbed on on the first touchdown, which could have changed the game. I yeah, hate that. Right. I hate the uh, illegal man down the field rule. Joe Banner was trying to defend it on Twitter, and and rules and I, are rules. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> it was like, and his explanation made no sense. He said, "Well, it gives the too much of an advantage because we brought this up in a pod before." I'm like, I don't really understand the rule. He said, well, if an offensive lineman moves down the field and they're blocking a 180-pound cornerback, it's too much of an advantage. But whenever that flag's thrown, every time, it's the offensive lineman not blocking anybody. And that's when they – it's not – listen, if he went up and blocked the cornerback way down the field, okay, that's a flag. But they throw when he's not blocking anybody. Now, the second part of this was in that specific play where the Giants got screwed is – the offensive lineman was blocking an actual guy. The defensive lineman disengaged when they were down the field. Well, what's stopping any defensive lineman for allowing an offensive lineman to push into them and then just let go after their five yard or you know whatever over the line of scrimmage? And then it's a flag. It's a stupid rule. It, I will stand by. It's a dumb rule. No, it, it's totally a dumb rule. I think the NFL has to do something about it, especially now that more teams are doing the RPO because that's really what's causing it. Is the RPO? Yeah, because um, they don't know if to, to run. They're yeah. run blocking on a pass. Yeah, but yeah. you know when it when the lineman just being downfield has absolutely nothing to do with the play. I mean, it shouldn't be a penalty. The, the, exactly. The fact that yes. that touchdown was called back for something the offensive lineman. I mean, he didn't he didn't do anything and no bearing on that touchdown is just stupid. So the NFL's got to the NFL's got to do a lot of things. I'm, I'm unhappy about, but that that's one of them. I, I I completely agree with that. If it has to do with the play. And that should kind of be the rule with every single, you know, uh, every single penalty, which a lot of times, you know, they just throw the flag or don't throw the flag. I mean, they're humans. I get it. But uh, that one just really gets on my nerves because, honestly, every time I've seen that play, and we've seen it as Eagles fans quite a bit, it has nothing to do with the play. Yeah. I don't remember one time where it had anything to do with the play. No. Super frustrating. And it takes back, like, an exciting play, like the NFL. Don't you want exciting plays? It's yeah. stupid. I mean, I get it. It's unfair, but it's it has nothing to do with the play. <laughs> All right, I'm done screaming. All right, the other uh, notable game on Thanksgiving was the Vikings mm-hmm. beating the Patriots in a shootout to mm-hmm. improve to nine and two. So they're right on our heels for that um, all important number one seed. Are you afraid of them, Jeff? Am I afraid of the Vikings? No, I, I'm not. I think they're <laughs> I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a top three team in the NFC. They've played all close games. They, they haven't really blown anyone out. But, you know, good teams find a way to win. Yeah. But when uh, the lights are on and 
on Kirk Cousins, I don't think he gets it done. So They're also in. I, I would want to yeah. play them in the playoffs. They're also in an awful division, which certainly, like, we're in the best division in football. Now, I've been saying all year, hey, wins a win, and I agree with you, but if we're just looking at, um, if we're just looking at the playoffs here, I would put them probably fourth on the list of teams that I would, I would want to play them. Let's let's just put it like that. Yeah. Now, Justin Jefferson's amazing. I'll give Jonathan Gannon credit. He shut him down. Uh, Dalvin Cook got shut down by us. If you shut down Justin Jefferson, though, I mean, the Vikings don't have much left. No. no. And he's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. But. Yeah. Um, so then the Bucks lost to the Browns, and they fall to 5-6, and six, and I guess they're still ahead in their division. What an absolutely disgraceful division, that, the NFC South. I guess that's the worst division. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess— Pathetic. You know, I think that, I, I don't think the NFL should change the playoff format to to where division winners don't make the playoffs, but it could like possibly happen where four teams in the NFC East, like record wise, are good enough to all make the playoffs. I think right if the season ended right now, all four teams would be in the playoffs. Would they? Yeah, all four teams because the Commanders are seven and five. They're six and one in their last seven games. Yeah, you know why? Because that bum Carson Wentz is no longer the quarterback. But that's that's kind of what I thought at the beginning of the season was the Commanders were. I thought the Giants would be the last place team. I mean, the Commanders are like a solid football team. I thought and they'd it, be like five hundred. Yeah, well, but you got to remember the this season you got to put it on like a curve a little bit because there's so many bad teams. Uh, like all these great older quarterbacks are either old or retired now. Like Peyton Manning's gone. Tom Brady's obviously not having a great year. Rodgers isn't having a great year. Breeze is gone. Uh, Roethlisberger's gone. Like those guys are out of the league or at the end of the rope. And we're at this weird transition period where there's not that many great teams. So the commanders who have a great defensive line, their defensive line, I think is a lot better than ours. Um, they, they just got some studs there. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I definitely think they're better than the giants, but no, I agree. You know, I comes, agree. comes down to quarterback. Carson Wentz is going to be out of the league next year. Could, could be. Um, Unless he wants to be a backup. <laughs> So I guess really the last notable NFC game to mention was the 49ers shut out the Saints, and everyone's going crazy. Oh, 49ers shut out the Saints. That defense so good. And listen, that defense is really good, but they're playing the Saints. How many points did they score? Yeah, exactly. The they put up 13 points. It's yeah. not of, as impressive of a win as everyone's making it out to be. I mean, cool. You shut out the Saints. Who, who's even their quarterback? Was it, was it Andy Dalton? I mean, who hell cares? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, listen, are the 49ers a talented team? Sure. But, yeah, you look at their offense. I mean, Debo Samuel's not having the same year as he did last year. McCaffrey, other than that one, like, crazy game where he scored three touchdowns, passing, running, receiving, he's been okay. Uh, let me bring this up, Jeff. Speaking of McCaffrey, because they everybody went crazy when they traded for McCaffrey. Think of all the elite running backs that you can think of. And tell me which ones won a Super Bowl. Elite Did Adrian backs. Adrian Peterson win a Super Bowl? No. Did Danian Tomlinson win a Super Bowl? No. Did Barry Sanders win a Super Bowl? No. Ezekiel Elliott win a Super Bowl or even sniff a Super Bowl? No. Did any of those guys even make a Super Bowl? No. How about Nick Chubb? No. How about Christian McCaffrey? Nope. Okay, so I don't care about... Running back's the most overrated position in all of football. And I think NFL teams know that. But um, I'm not really – I understand McCaffrey is also kind of a receiver, but listen, we'll see if he's even healthy by the time the playoffs come around. That's true. I mean, he, he does have an injury history. And listen, 
at the end of the day, the 49ers quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jimmy G. Jimmy GQ. I mean, he's not really putting the fear of God into me. Uh, I, no. I mean, he. the 49ers obviously didn't think much of him because he, was, he wasn't a starting quarterback for week one. Yeah. They, they were rolling with Trey Lance. So 49ers defense is legit. D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan's is going to get a good coaching D- job. I love D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's is awesome. So that defense is legit. They have weapons, but look at the quarterback. I'd, I'd hire D'Amico Ryan's if I were a team that needed a head coach. That guy's a, a leader. He's a stud, and he's he's great. So I would I, – I mean, I'd probably hire an offensive coach, but I would consider hiring him. Sure. All right, do you want to look ahead to our uh, game against the Titans real quick? Yeah, let's do a quick. Uh, this will be a really interesting game. You know, Titans are coming off a loss, yeah. twenty sixteen to the Bengals. Bengals are hitting their stride, but are we going to Tennessee? Um, are they coming here? Let me see. Yeah, I don't actually know. Yeah, while you look that up, I mean they're like they're kind of a tough old school team. Uh, you got King Henry. You know Tannehill's. You know he's not terrible. He's not great, but. He's pretty good. We're home. Uh, okay, so we're at home, and their defense, their defense is really solid. So, and they got a great defensive line. They got a great pass rush. They got a great run defense. But uh, I was thinking about this. A couple people were talking about this on Twitter. They have a great run defense, but have they played a team like the Eagles, where they have a quarterback that's also a threat? Think back to last year against the Saints, when everybody said the Saints were the number one defense in the league, and then Hurts shredded them. I have an inkling that's going to happen again. Ooh, I like it. I, I think the Eagles. This is going to be a good test. You know, Tennessee. They're gonna they're be, solid. They're solid. They're going to be. A, this is a playoff team. It's going to be you know, maybe a playoff type atmosphere. Cold game Sunday in December. Um, at the link, let let's see what let's see what we can do after playing you know a couple not very good teams with the Colts and the Packers. Let's let's get back on track and see uh, see what we're all about. AJ Brown revenge game. Yeah, he I, needs a bounce back. I know here. he said no hard feelings. Oh, he definitely has hard but, feelings. You know, you know he wants to beat his former team. I mean, look at um, Sirianni with the Colts. I mean, he wanted to beat them. Um, so yeah, I, I I think the Eagles get it done. I. I kind of think it's going to be a little more low scoring, maybe like 2017 or something. I think it'll be close. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good game. But I'm hyped to have a 1 o'clock game, Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank goodness. I mean, <laughs> it's freaking crazy. My schedule, like, I feel like I'm stressed because the Eagles games are at all different times. I'm getting no, no. sleep. Getting Thursday I'm, games, I'm, and you can't, games. You can't fall asleep right after a night game because you're so amped up. And that Packers game... When you thought you could relax at the end, Watson scores that touchdown and you're freaking out. And I was up for an extra like hour just calming myself just pure down. Adrenaline. Yeah, I know. So, and that was uh, Sunday night. And then I, you know, ruined my whole week. So, thank goodness for the one o'clock games. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you think? I mean, Derek Henry's coming off a game where I think he averaged two yards a carry. So what do you think? I mean, Jordan Davis, I think, will be back for this game. Good, good. And, and we obviously have Joseph. We obviously added Sue. Fletcher Cox is coming off a really good game. Hargrave's been playing great. Mm-hmm. Um, you think they stopped the run? Listen, Joe, I'm not a defensive coordinator by any means, any stretch of the imagination. However, what I would say is this. Derrick Henry is their offense. Yeah. Okay. We're not a very good run-stopping team. Let's stack the box 
Because if you stack the box, you can stop any running back. You can stop any running. If you really want to, you can. Well, he's a big target. That's the thing that kind of hurts yeah. him. So I grab a leg. Yeah, know? I mean, who 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 is Ryan Tannehill? I mean, first of all, Ryan Tannehill's not a very good quarterback. He at best he's average. Who's he throwing to out there? I mean, I don't let our cornerbacks play one on one coverage. Give them very little help. I don't care. Let Darius Slay and Bradbury ball out and just stack the box and don't let Henry beat you because. If you scheme for it, you can do it. And for Johnny Mo Money out there, who called me a perfectionist, okay? You know what? I and I say this over and over, it's not even about that. I'm not yeah, I'm a perfectionist in some ways, but my point is trust your cornerbacks. If Darius Slay gets beat by Traylon Burks, okay. If you're bringing the pressure, if you're stacking the box. So it's less about being a perfectionist. It's more about trusting your guys and being aggressive and, and imposing your will on the other team. It's not being a wimp. So it's not about being a perfectionist. Okay? Look, I get it. Jim Johnson wasn't perfect, but he brought the freaking pressure, man. And he made it tough. He brought the freaking pain, man. He brought the pain. Uh, so I'm with you. But I hate to break it to you. I doubt we're going to see that all game. Oh. I think we'll see the cover four, light box, um, and, uh, you know, yeah. It, it, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a tough watch. And uh, we'll, we'll seeing, see, yeah, we'll see the cover four with see, everybody. Yeah, Derrick Henry takes seven-yard chunk, eight-yard chunk, <sighs> just march down the field, whatever. Yeah. At least we're not giving up the 30-yard chunk, you know, but we'll get there and, like, Two more runs. Now, the good thing is Tannehill's going to throw like five interceptions, so yeah. we're all good. Think back to that Bengals playoff game. That was the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback play. I mean, he just threw, he threw three of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. But mm. uh, anyway. Um, all right. It's been yeah. a doozy here, Joe. We are, we are running late. We are, we, are, we are on fumes. Yeah, but shout out to Johnny Mo Money. He's going to come on the pod one time and we'll eviscerate him. <laughs> no, 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 uh, you'll eviscerate. I'll moderate to make oh, sure Jeff, no, there's no fist thrown. No, I love Johnny Mo Money. I really can't wait for it. Um, and by the way, like... Get down to Philly, Johnny Mo Money. This, this is the last point I'm going to make. Like, when I'm watching a game, you can't take anything I say, like, seriously. Because when I'm watching a game, I'm amped up, and I'm just you're a different person. Well, I'm like 100% reaction, and I'm not I'm not using that frontal lobe that developed a couple years ago for me. I'm just re- I'm using my brainstem, so just uh, uh, reacting and saying things. So like if I'm screaming stuff, you know that's just how I feel in the moment. I haven't had time to think about it. Oh, well, thanks. You know, this. I'm I'm an animal watching the game. Yeah, thanks for the psych lesson, Joe. Uh, that's what I'm here for. I, you know, I'm a teacher. Anyway. Uh, we love you guys. I know people were waiting for our pod, but we're human beings who aren't getting paid for this. And we have lives and we have girlfriends and jobs. And, you know, uh, we appreciate you and we love you, but we're tired as well. So thank you for listening. And we're going to try to keep doing this as, as much as possible. You guys rock. And I love you. All right. Fly through, fly!